0: It's such a joy to be together. Um, Jordan and Jaron told me that we have about 50 minutes for the sermon. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yes, but allow me before we dive into the text to invite Marlene over to just hear her voice. I know everybody wants to hear her voice, and so Marlene will come and say hi and maybe tell us a little bit about Raise the Roof uh, in maybe one minutes and then we dive into the text I didn't prepare (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I told them they want to hear you preach not me preach (laughs) it's so fun to be back at Grace Um, those of you that might not remember I was here from 2011 to 2014 as the children's minister and um, it's so fun to see my baby so big And of course, um, Zoe, who all of you are staring at, that is the actual Zoe that was born while I was here <laughs> in 2012, and she's now 11 years old and in sixth grade, and she knows she's tall for her age, so you don't have to tell her <laughs> that. She she gets that a lot, um, but it's just a joy to be here and to share an update about Raise the Roof Academy. Of course, um, we have been partners in ministry ever, ever since you know the day i left basically you all commissioned me to go forth and and pursue raise the roof academy full time and we've been partners in ministry and the you this church has the highest percentage uh population wise membership wise to how many children are sponsored so you all are are sponsoring the most children percentage wise of any partners we've ever had so let's let's thank grace that's something that's something to be very proud of and grateful for and and I remember you all in in my prayers all the time and think of you I see a lot of updates and and prayer requests and so just know that you are loved and we appreciate your partnership very much and I'll let I'll let David do the preaching
0: (laughs) Amen that's let's pray. Holy and gracious God, we are grateful for how, God, you allow us to come together. God, you allow us to come and share and grow together and reflect on the truth that is in your word. God, you brought us here this morning in all sorts of expressions and ways. Some of us feeling joyful, some of us may Maybe a little sad, some of us just tired and exhausted from all that life throws at us, some of us with heavy hearts, but God, we know you are here, and so, holy God, we pray and ask that as we continue worshiping and reflecting on this text, that your grace and your love will abound. We pray in Christ's name, amen. So, uh, the children's message, I loved it because... The, the, the visual was about food. I love food. Anybody who loves food? So, and I'm also going to go back to food again. I'm going to start with food. So here's a story. If you are not able to hear my accent, just put up your hands and wave like you don't care, and I'll know. <laughs> in January of 2009, someone in the marketing department of Burger King came up with a crazy idea. The idea was to run an ad campaign called Whopper Sacrifice. They had a, confusing, a convincing tagline, and it went like this. Friendship is stronger, but the Whopper is stronger. So Burger King asked the public to go and unfriend 10 Facebook friends. And they said if you did that, you would receive a coupon for a free Whopper. The way it was supposed to work is that if you unfriended a person on Facebook, Burger King would send, you, would send the person you unfriended a notification that they had been unfriended for a delicious hamburger. This was supposed to make the person who received the notification say, Wow, this burger must be something if someone will unfriend me for it. Later that that year, New York Times wrote a report about the campaign. They concluded that the stunt actually worked it worked so well that within the first week, just one week, seven days, 230 friendships had been terminated. All these friendships had been terminated on the account of only a 37 cents whopper. And so Burger King was obligated to give away 23,000 warpers, and with that first week they said, this is enough, and they discontinued the ad campaign. My friends, friendship has taken on some skewed form of meaning in our culture. I have been thinking that the greatest fraud of our generation is the promise that social media will keep us connected to each other. I think that's one of the greatest frauds of our time. Please don't get me wrong. Like you, I love seeing the pictures and feeling like I am, to, and I, I'm, I am up to date with the people who are my friends on social media. But I must confess that social media is not the same as being up close with someone, as doing life. Being here this morning makes me realize how much we have missed you all. As I sat there, I started counting and I realized I haven't been at Grace UMC since 2018. Yeah, it feels long. It's been a while, and I so I I'm thankful that Marlene, Zoe, and Marcia, our friend, and I are here to be with our friends. Well, COVID happened, and I was appointed to our church <laughs> and all of that, so it's been difficult to come, but I must say that I'm a glutton for love, for friendship, for community, Jeff told me that we are in week three of our series called Love Matters More. And today the title he gave me is that true love liberates. And so I want to say a word about love using a few quotes. I found a peanut cartoon that shows Lucy standing with her arms folded with a stern expression on her face. In the sketch, Charlie Brown pleads, saying, Lucy, you must be more loving. The world really needs love. You have to let yourself love to make this world a better place. Lucy angrily crawls around and knocks Charlie to the ground. She screams at him and says, you blockhead. I don't know if that's a curse word, but I just say it in church. <laughs> the world I love, its people I can't stand. <laughs> Let's face it. I am sure we feel that way from time to time and perhaps... For some people, this is how they feel most of the time. The world I love, it's people I can't stand. I remember serving in one church. And there was this particular member. I call this particular person. The EGR person. If you find them at Publix, take the other aisle. (laughs) I call them the EGR. That stands for extra grace required. (laughs) She is that one person. or he's that one person every pastor needs to have. When we're going through training, they tell you, you're going to have two types of members in the church. Some are going to be mentors. Some are going to be tormentors. (laughs) Let's face it, my friends. All of us have these people in our lives. And all God's people said, They could be in your office. They could be in your family. They could be here, present company excluded. (laughs) They could be your spouse. They are mentors and tormentors, and some of them know how to play both roles so well. But here is the truth. It is my contention that in everyday life, Love actually looks like friendship. A friend who talks with you. A friend who sits with you. Love and friendship cannot be separated. Yet most people in our culture just don't know how to pursue friendships anymore. I think we are even afraid. But I believe that we are created for love. We are relational beings. Everyone wants to have friends. Friendship is all we desire, friendship is what ultimately brings us alive. The second century great bishop of Lyon in southern France named Irenaeus made this claim and is said that the glory of God is the human person fully alive. A 12th century monastic pastor named Arod Revol wrote on spiritual friendship saying, I want to enkindle a burning desire that my reader might say I am not alive so long as I am deprived of friendship. I am not alive so long as I am deprived of friendship. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the 19th century essayist, in his famous essay, Friendship of Observe, writes that every person passes his life. In search after friendship. My friends, this is an eternal longing for companionship. Even the great trilogy of our times, the Lord of the Rings, is about friendships. Toy Story is right to use the old Randy Newman song, You've got a friend in me. In his book, The Four Loves, C.S. Lewis observed what is true in its time and and what is true for our days. He wrote, few value it, speaking of friendship, because few experience it. When people are asked over the past six months with how many people have you discussed deeply an important matter, over half of those asked can only come up With just a few people outside their immediate family. In John chapter 15 verse 13. Jesus says this. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for one's friends. My friends our work in this life. And our communion as followers of Christ. It's to help each other know that we are God's beloved children. Isn't everything we do to kindle and nurture this idea of love and friendship? Friendship has a way of transforming us. Our text this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to read it for us. And please listen gently. We're reading from verse 14, chapter 3, verse 14 to 19. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. This is his doxology, and he sees this. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that He will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of His glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you will have the power to, to grasp love's width and, breadth and length, height and depth together With all believers, I ask that you will know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. That nineteenth verse, he says that you will know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the of God I want to say that again he prays for the church and he says I ask God that you 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 and you and you and you and you can you see that your neighbor turn around and point at them (laughs) you he's talking about you he's talking about me he says that you will know The love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled with the fullness of God. My friends, how do we know something that is beyond knowledge? I think Paul is saying this. Practice it. Do something with it. And as we practice, we get a glimpse of its power. He says, if we're going to see this love of God, if we're going to know it, let us put it into practice. We will see the glimpse of his power. We will see the transformative force of love. And he encourages us that we can stake our lives on love. And I think he says we can bet Paul claims that the glory of God is known in everyday relations where people are willing to take that risk and share with one another. And so church, family, friends, and community, if we want to know God, if we want to grow in the knowledge of God, then he says practice it. I am so thankful, as Marlene has said, that Raise the Roof, when Marlene left here, was commissioned in 2014, I think there were about 300 children. This picture I want to share with you is the first 30 children that got started. And I want to really share this idea of love that is practiced, that is put in practice, and its power to change all of us. As we've shared in the past, these children, this was the first group, they came looking funny, like they're really dirty and all of that, and then they're given uniforms and life begins. And this was the first moment that we were sensing that love could be a driving force for all of us. And here's why I share this, because what what I'm gonna emphasize is that this community is very diverse. And diverse in ways that each of their causes for being different could divide them. There were Muslims, there were Catholics, there were Christians, there were people who didn't believe. There were all sorts of people. And one of the things I have seen is love actually transcends all of these things. And so here in 2013, in a shack looking school, that's where the school began. And we have been going and going and going. And we can keep on running through the slides and I'll just point out. And this was from last year. We've, the work has been done through people sponsoring children as you all do and people coming to build. And so we've been building and this is an ongoing class, a group of six classrooms that are under construction right now. That's a timer. The, the, the African brother had to have a timer. because I told Jaron and Jordan that Satan comes to church in timers. So I better rush this. So we've gone 17 minutes. So, so, so this is the construction and all this is, is what love can do. And we've been going and I want to pause right here. So, the first picture you saw when we were standing near uh, the wooden structure with the children was a church, and I want to share this because for me, this is very touching, and I've been thinking about it this whole week. So, when Raise the Roof started in this village, we went there in 2008, Marlene and I, and with friends on a mission trip, and we stopped there, and the church that hosted us was meeting in a shack, in in a wooden structure, and... This community, they never asked us to build a church. They asked us to help build a school. This was a church, so that was a church. They would meet there and pray. So they asked us to build a school, and that's what we've been doing. That's what you all have been helping out. And so many, many years later, uh, the school and the church, as you can imagine, started having some disagreements. Now, not bad. It's because the church wants to have a conference, and the school is running and who's going to use the space so they are like oh we need you all to have church at this time and the school is like but we got to have classes so we've been having this so a few years ago we said we want to actually find a piece of land and build a church and pay it back because the church the, that structure is within the school so they've got to move and so here in 2000 i think 17 we broke ground uh that we had bought and we prayed that one day we will have their resources to build a church. And I'm happy to share that now we're actually building them a church offside the campus, and it is here. This is the new structure. It looks like a few sticks, but that's going to be a real church, you all. It's going to be a real church. They put on, as of this morning, they put on a roof, and they're putting uh, wooden structures around it. But I want to share a little bit about this church and about the power of love. That church had nothing. As you can tell, it was a church of a lot of children who are orphans or grandmas and a lot of people without means. But they had the faith and they asked that a school be built. And every time I am there, I tell the students and I tell the teachers, the newer members, that let us not forget how we ended up where we are. And I point them to this church and I talk to them about how much this church has loved its community and they prayed and served and gave this school into its existence. And so I'm so excited because next Sunday, February 4th, finally that church is going to have a little parade of about 100 people drumming African drums. And we're going to enter that church. And all God's people say it? Amen. My friends, that excites me. But I want to share with you a few more pictures. Uh, let's see what's coming up. Let's pause right there. This girl, her name is Anisha. If you've watched the Razor of Roof videos, Anisha came to Razor the Roof. She comes from a Muslim background, as you can hear her name. Her mother's name is Aisha. I never knew that her mom was a Muslim until actually last year. And the reason I share that, because if you've watched all the video recordings of Razor the Roof, her mother dances the best in all the music videos. And they're singing Christian music. She's a dancer and very happy. But Anisha, about maybe five years ago, started having pain in her leg. Something was wrong, and she was hurting and hurting. She went to the doctors and all of that, and they didn't know what was. Until, I believe, last year, she saw a specialist, and they discovered that the bone, one of the bones had been rotting. So she's just a young girl in high school, and the school nurse and her mother worked hard, And with the help of her sponsor, she went and had surgery. And they just cut out the big bone. And here they brought her back. And I was in Uganda in December. And Anisha got up. We had a Thanksgiving ceremony before the closing of the school year. And Anisha spoke these words. She thanked God. She thanked her sponsor. And then Anisha said something about her friend. And she said, and my friends, you are the best and she spoke about how they cared for her helped her shower because she was living on those crutches with just one bone left in her leg as she heals and Anisha is there my friends this is what love looks like this is what love does when I met with a mother and I say to her your daughter let's pray this is how I found out she was Muslim she's like I don't know how to pray and I say well just pray as you normally pray And she started praying in Arabic. I said, ooh, I've never heard anybody pray in Arabic in a meeting. And I didn't know what she was saying. But when she finished, I said, amen. (laughs) My friends, I don't know what, but God inviting us to be in, 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 in relationships with his children. For Anisha, who grew up in a Muslim home, she doesn't know now. When you ask her to pray, she prays in the name of Jesus. And she's singing Christian songs. I don't know how her life is going to turn out, but here's one thing I do know. is that the love that I see in Anisha and in her mother and through her friends is transforming them. I want to share with you a few more pictures and I'll finish. And this is Peter. Peter is a little sweet guy. Peter has, uh, I think it's called sickle cells, anemia. Um, He's 12 years old, but he's a really small, small guy. He is a sickler, and often he's not able to be in school because he's he's at home. But this December, he came and was in camp on campus. Peter is a comedian. (laughs) I laugh a certain way. So normally when I laugh, I laugh something like, ha, ha, ha. I didn't realize this. So I'm walking on campus, and Peter says to me, says, Uncle David, you laugh like a rich man. That was my response. I was like, how does a rich man laugh? And he says, ha, 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 ha. (laughs) He had a buddy with him. And they started following me and started repeating after me, kind of taunting me with this laughter thing. And they thought it's funny. And here he came and sat with me and we had fun. And Rita, who oversees the sponsorship program, told me that Peter's mother was worried that Peter was going to come on campus for a camp. Because Peter is a sickler. But Rita told me that Peter has played, has eaten, has been nonstop. He could not be stopped. And I say, what do you think has done it? They say, he's with other kids. He's with friends. He's feeling the love. Pastor Jeff is right to say that love liberates. For Peter, for Anisha, for Anisha's mother. By the way, Anisha's mother told me, that her dad had 12 wives. I turned to Anisha and I said, how many sister wives do you hope to have? And Anisha said to me, no, I'm not gonna have a crowded marriage. (laughs) Love liberates. This picture here is our newest program. We call it the School of Financial Empowerment. We train people how to budget, and we are hoping that they can save up money and tend to some of their needs. And they've come together, and because of love, these individuals have saved up four million Ugandan shillings. In America, that's about $1,200. But that, my friends, for these friends of ours, is a lot of money all of them coming together over two, there, there are more of them there's 233 of them and they formed 15 groups some of the mothers and the grandmas of the children you sponsor are now part of the School of Financial Empowerment and they are learning and they're saving this money to invest in small projects on their own this is a community-led initiative I don't know if there are other pictures but I can go on you can just show them as I finish this sermon My friends, Jeff is right that love liberates. At Raise the Roof, you all have helped set up a bundle of love that is not stopping. A community that was once full of grief, burying people, grandmas dying early, children getting pregnant in their teenage years, sickness, malaria, and all these things, all of those things have dissipated children are now able to communicate and articulate. And so I want to ask you this question, what is your definition of a friend? What is the picture of a friend? I think again Ralph Waldo Emerson said it well, a friend is a person with whom I may be sincere, with whom I may think out loud without fear. A group of elementary students were asked, what is a good friend? Their number one answer was someone you can depend on. Barbara Walters asked singer Elton John his greatest, what was his greatest fear. Without hesitation, the great musician replied that I will not be loved. Another movie star was asked to define her greatest need. She replied, my greatest need is to have someone know me, really know me, and not go away jesus said greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends my friends i want to thank you so much for helping raise the roof be an oasis of love there's nothing that matters in this life than our ability to let people know that you are loved they hear you are safe Here you can be forgiven. Here you belong. Here you matter. Here your future is possible. That's who I hope we continue to be as followers of Christ wherever, whether in Uganda or here in Tennessee. Love liberates. I was a sponsored child and up to death, everything I go through life, I know. Love. Liberated me. Isn't it wonderful, my friends, that sponsoring a child is an act that liberates them, that building a school, that volunteering, that's how people feel liberated. No greater love than this, than a man to lay down his life for his friends. And then Jesus says that you may know, rather Paul says that you may know The love of Christ, which surpasses, which exceeds understanding. And so thank you very much. As I sit down, we want to play for you a video from last summer's Mission Week. And Marlene and I and Marcia and Zoe, we want to invite you to come if you're able to this year's mission trip. We're planning a mission trip in June, July. And I would love for you all to come as you're able. But thank you. We came to say Thank you. And I want to teach you how you say it in Luganda. Can you say webele? Come on, say it loud, church. Webele! Amen. And all God's people say it. We're going to watch a video and then I'll sit down.
2: Been involved with Raise the Roof for 10 years. We have three sponsored children: Hilda, who we've had for 10 years since she was seven, so we've been able to see her three times, and now we have Vicki and Raymond, who we just got to meet on this trip. And when we arrived at the gates and the whole community was standing there and some parents, and all the kids, so many kids, and they just cheered for us and followed us into the pavilion. And I don't know if I've ever seen that many kids in my life, but my husband told me what it was going to be like, but you just can't really know. I just cried the whole time. (laughs) It was just so beautiful. I can hardly talk about it. (laughs) I have met some of the most generous and selfless people in the entire world and the Raise the Roof community and the people surrounding it are just some of the most wonderful and amazing people ever and I, neb- I just wish I could stay here and live with them and <laughs> get to see more of what their life is like. I've just never known an organization where the opportunity to meet the child that you sponsored would present itself. And now I'm even more invested in them than I was because I have met them and I feel I know them and I really truly think they're supposed to be in our life. And I really care about them and I really hate to go. At raise the roof I, I feel that people really take care of each other they have a real sense of community and a faith in God that is so very strong and the love that they have shown us is just just was just beyond anything and I know I will go home and I will feel differently and it will take me a long time to really realize <laughs>